Got your Bible this morning. Open it up, Second Peter chapter one. I want, we're going to get into the Word this morning. How many of y'all love the Bible? Yeah. How many of y'all love the Bible? It's good to all start out in unity. <laughs> so we all love the Bible. How many of y'all know sometimes it's easier to read it than it is to do it? Yeah. Can I get a what? What? It's just a fact. Sometimes it's easier. It's easier. How many of y'all know it's easier to get married than it is to stay married? <laughs> Guilty. I mean, you know, it's, 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 well, ha- I'm not a woman. I was going to say it's easier having kids than it is raising kids, but they didn't come out of my loins, so maybe I shouldn't speak about such matters because some of the ladies may start throwing their Bibles at me because they say, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's true, so I'm not going to go there, but, something, but we're, we're, we're going to look at the Word of God, and we're going to continue along a series uh, that we've been talking about, the subject of faith. Everybody say faith. faith. I showed you last week that faith is how we overcome. Whenever you run into bad situations, faith is how you overcome. Whenever you run into difficulty, it's how you overcome. We overcome by our faith. Whenever sometimes things don't go the way that you want them to go, the ship starts to sink. But by faith, you say, I don't care. We will survive. We will make it. We'll make it financially. God's going to help us. We'll make it with our body. God's going to help us. Our marriage is going to make it. We overcome by faith. We also, faith is how we please God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. We also saw last week that faith is how you access the grace of God. Everybody wants the grace of God. But the way that you have the grace of God is not by getting a bumper sticker or getting a t-shirt. The way you have the grace of God is you access it by faith. Say, God, I'm walking in your grace today. If I need to witness today, there's a grace to do it. If I need to take care of my family today, there's a grace to do it. God, if I need to pray for somebody that's sick today, there's a grace to do it. God, by faith, I access the grace of God. I walk in the grace of God today. I mean, I know it doesn't happen by accident. No, it doesn't. You have to use your faith to tap into everything that God offers that's, that's the way we do it. I want to show you three verses, and they all say the same thing real quick. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. They're going to put it up here behind me. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. It says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by what? Come on, say it louder. The just shall live by what? All right, give me the next one. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by what? I am. Said the same exact thing. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. Now the just shall what? I'm I'm sensing a theme here. Y'all sensing the same thing here? What's he trying to get us to say? He's saying that the just shall live by faith. If anybody draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Very interesting. So faith is how we please God. It's how we overcome. It's how we access the grace of God. But here he actually says this is how you're supposed to live. God wants you to have a living, breathing faith. A faith that, that, that is alive in you and a faith that other people can see. It's a faith that moves you. It is a verb. It's not, I mean, I know live is a verb. It's an action verb. And God wants your faith to be alive. The woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd. Noah built a boat. Abraham set out not knowing where he was going. Sarah had a baby at 90 by how? By faith. She did all these things. They ripped the roof 
roof off of that house and let that man down in there. And Jesus saw their, say it, he saw their active living faith. It wasn't something that was on a shelf. It wasn't just something that they said that they have, I have faith. No, faith is something that you can see, that you can hear. Have you ever got around people that are full of faith? You can tell. I mean, I got around people that are full of fear. I mean, I got around people that are full of doubt. I mean, I just, just run from those people. Run. Run for your life. Run. Get away. Run. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. God wants you to be a faith vessel, a faith carrier. You carry with you faith, hope, love. So faith is important. But we started looking at last week that we need to add some things to faith. So I want to talk to you this morning. The title of the message is Ignorance is Expensive. How many of y'all know ignorance is expensive? How many of ever seen those lights come on on your dash and you didn't know what they were? Maybe you had a teenager. And the... <laughs> How many of ever burnt your car up before? Just raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All men. Ha, ah, you hypocrites. You hypocrites. You always get on to your wives about these things. And you car burner uppers. What's wrong with you people? I've done it too. I had a Dodge Shadow Turbo, turbo and it, it wasn't very pretty, but it was fast. But uh, how many of y'all know how you, it, you need to put water in your engine? How many of y'all know you didn't know that, did you? How many of you ever talked to your teenager and there's smoke coming out from up under the hood and they say, I didn't know we had to put water in it. How many of y'all know ignorance is what? It's expensive. Oil? I thought you just put gas in it. No, baby. It needs oil. No, baby. It needs water. Why? Because engines, they're so powerful. They can get you places. They can carry cargo. I mean, I know faith is powerful. Jesus said it moves mountains. It's very powerful. But, if it, but you can, you, the Bible says that you can grow strong in faith. Well, if you can grow strong in it, you can either have strong faith or you can have weak faith. So faith is an engine. But I mean, I know you need to put some water in that thing. It'll overheat, right? Lights start flashing. How many ever come to church and you got all these lights on on your dash? You're just like, I see you. I see you walk in sometimes. I'm like, mayday, mayday. They're going down. They're going down. All, all, all your lights are on on your dash. So what, 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 is do, what, what, what do we do? God, he starts, he starts adding stuff into your faith on Sunday mornings. Why? So you don't run hot. So you don't burn out. So you don't burn up. So you don't, so you, you don't destruct. So faith is powerful, but you need to put some additives in it. And I gave you seven last week out of this verse. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. I'm going to read the whole verse, but we're going to highlight one of these. Last week, we highlighted perseverance. We talked about you need to add perseverance to your faith. Don't quit after your first prayer. Just keep, stick with it. This, one, this week, though, we're going to highlight a different one. It says, give, for this very reason, give all diligence. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about adding knowledge to your faith because ignorance can be expensive. And lots of times as Christians, uh, we don't receive from God or we don't, we don't experience God in a way, not because He's not offering it and not because our faith is not strong enough 
to, to receive from God, we just leave some very important things out of the engine. Last week, we talked about perseverance. This week, I want to talk about the knowledge, why we need to add knowledge to our faith. He says here that you won't be unfruitful if you have knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. What you put in there, it matters. I mean, I, I, we watch Forged in Fire. I'm finally getting my wife turned on to it. It's taken like three seasons. I don't know what she could possibly not like about making knives. I mean, everybody likes watching shows about making knives, or you should. Forge than fire, they take steel, raw steel, and they turn it into a cool sword or something. Can I get an amen? What's not desperate house what? Let's watch the sword making show. That's where it's at right there. They take this raw steel and they make... They make knives, and then to see who made the best knives, they test to see how sharp it is, and they test to see how strong it is. They always do a strength test, and they do uh, a sharpness test. I'm looking for my, my forest and fire people. Can I get a witness? Can I, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can I get a witness? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and depending upon the strength of the steel depends upon how, if it'll hold an edge and if it breaks under the strength test. So uh, our faith is not just an engine, but it's also it's steel. And, and, and whenever we add these certain components to it, it helps you hold an edge. And it helps you stay strong. We don't want to just look pretty, have pretty faith. Now, a pretty faith don't hold an edge. And pretty faiths break under pressure. Now, we want to have the right stuff in our faith so that engine can get us where we're going, but also so that it don't melt or crack down under pressure. So, but we have to add this stuff. He wouldn't tell you to add it if you didn't have to add it. How many of y'all know he didn't say, I'm going to add this for you? Wouldn't it be nice if Jesus would add it for us? He don't add it for us. He requires us to come to church. He requires us to read the word of God. He requires us to spend time in prayer. He doesn't just download. Wouldn't it be nice if we just got saved and it was just like we just plugged our, our USB into the throne of grace. Now, there is no automatic download. We have to add these things and you'll have to add knowledge to your faith. So my objective this morning over the next 20 minutes is to show you why knowledge is important and show you where to go to get it. How many of y'all with me? All right, so I'm going to tell you, and I gave you some blanks in your little worship guide. And honestly, I could have used the whole page. I really ran into a problem last night. I was like, man, there's not enough room on the worship guide for these people to write down all the stuff that knowledge does. So I just gave you some little blanks. You have to write small. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12. So why are we talking about this? Right after he said, add these seven things to your faith, he says, I always remind you of these things, even though you know them, and you're firmly established in the truth that you know how, now have. But I think it's right to refresh your memory. I'm going to refresh your memory on these things as I live in the tent of this body. What's Peter saying? He's saying, I'm telling you about these seven things, but what I'm going to tell you, today you're probably not going to learn anything new. I'm just going to refresh your memory. Because some of y'all know it's not what we know, it's what we do. Sometimes we just need a memory refresher. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Uh, and I, I underlined some things in mine. I'll tell you, tell you what to write in your blanks. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, As his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. 
of him who called us by glory and virtue. Give me verse number two, if you don't mind, Nick. I, I, I want to start in verse two. Everybody say grace, grace. and peace. peace be multiplied to you in the what? Really interesting. How many of y'all want more grace? How many of y'all want more peace? How are you going to get it? Knowledge. Through knowledge. In other words, as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the way the Lord showed it to me, he just says, if you'll add knowledge, I'll multiply grace. If you'll add knowledge, I'll multiply peace. How many of y'all know sometimes we come to church just needing peace? How does he give it to us? He just gives you new knowledge. About the peace of God. And with that knowledge. Stuff is multiplied. So ignorance is expensive. Knowledge is powerful. Because he multiplies grace. And peace to you. Now the next verse. It says. As his divine power has given to us all things. So not only does knowledge multiply grace and peace. It actually gives you all things. That pertain to life. And godliness. Through the what? Knowledge of him who called you, called us by glory and by virtue. So if you want some stuff to write in your blank, grace and peace is multiplied to you. All things for life. Godliness comes through the knowledge. He has given to us, go to the next verse. By which we have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. The knowledge of God opens up the promises of God. That through these you can be partakers of the divine nature. You can have a divine nature through the knowledge of God. Really, man, we could really camp out here for a while. But I can't camp out. I need to move through some of this material. But I want you to know that as you grow in knowledge, the number one need that that we all have, that, that we need, is we need God. We need the knowledge of God. We need the understanding of God. You need to understand your Bible. You need to know that book. Because in it is everything that pertains to life. All the answers of life are in that book. And if you don't add knowledge to your faith, you're ignorant and it's expensive. Marriages are just destroyed, right? Because of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Everything that pertains to life, everything that pertains to godliness, exceeding great precious promises. How many of y'all know that book's a promise book? It's full of promises, cover to cover. But if you don't know about them, you can't access them. If you don't know about them, you can't, you can't put that into your faith and draw upon it. No, you got to know what the promises are. You got to know that everything that he's offering for life and for godliness. You got to know about the grace of God that can be multiplied. You got to know about uh, the peace of God that can be multiplied. And once you know about it then you can put it in your faith and you can access it but until then you 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 can't boldly claim by faith something that you don't know that God's offering but once you know he's offering man that's fuel in the engine now you know I can go to God with that you can be partakers of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust all right next verse I want to give you is Proverbs chapter Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Now remember, this is written by the real smart guy. And the way that he got smart is he asked God, make me smart. God, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me understanding. He says, happy is the man who finds wisdom. 
or understanding, knowledge. As the man who gains and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. Her gain and her gain than the fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. Knowledge is more precious than rubies. All of these things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. You can write length of days if you want. It'll help you stay alive longer. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who, re- who retain her. The Lord by wisdom he founded the earth. And by understanding he established the heavens. And by his knowledge the depths were broken up. And the clouds dropped down with dew. My son let, not, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will be life to your soul. Grace to your neck. And you'll be able to walk safely in your way. And your foot will not stumble. That's all the stuff that the knowledge of God does to you. I told you I didn't give you enough lines. You got to flip it over. Just write your arrow that says on back. Flip it over and write all the rest of them on there. Because there's like two dozen things that as we grow in knowledge, as we grow in understanding, we find out, God, I didn't even know you were offering that. God, I didn't even know that was available. God, I saw something else today that that you're offering to me. So, God, I'm going to take the knowledge of you. I'm going to add it to my life. Knowledge is important. All right, so I'm going to tell you where where you're going to go to get it. If knowledge does all of that stuff, how do you get it? The first one is, I gave you a blank there that just says, humble yourself. First thing you got to do is you got to recognize that you don't have all the answers. How many of y'all know you ain't got all the answers? You don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. So, once, so you have to humble yourself. You have to say, God, I don't have all the answers. God, I don't know. God, teach me. Help me. I don't know. And that's the first way. The Bible says if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you. He'll start to show you things that you don't know. I mean, I know sometimes us boys, we have a hard time doing this. We do. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> I love Keith. <laughs> Holla back, youngin. I love it. We do. We have a hard time doing this. Why? Because we're fixers, right? We got all the answers. But even us men, come on, the greatest men that ever walked this planet were people that humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God and said, God, I don't have all the answers. God, teach me how to be a good husband. God, teach me how to be a good parent. God, teach me how to be a good employer. God, teach me how to be a good employee. God, help me. Teach me how to manage my money. God, teach me. God, help me. Teach me. But that takes humility. It takes humility. You have to... You have to you don't have to bow down, although you can bow down, but it's a bow downing of the heart. And it's not just bowing down. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And by doing this, he humbled himself. So just by his expression of dancing before the Lord, that was one of the ways he humbled himself. Why? Well, because if I ask you to get up and do a jig right now, it would probably be embarrassing. Right? Unless you're just a great dancer. So if somebody asked me to get up and do a jig right now, it would be embarrassing for me. Right? Because I'm white and I can't dance. Right? <laughs> it's just a fact. Right? I just can't do it. Right? But David, he said, I don't care what anybody else sees. I don't care what anybody else thinks. He's my king. Amen. And right now, the presence of God is coming in 
and I worship him. He threw off his royal robe. He humbled himself and he just danced before the Lord. So, but there's a, it's a posture of the heart that says, God, I don't have all the answers. God, I need help. I'm going to finish reading you 2 Chronicles chapter 1 and I'm going to read you the prayer of Solomon because this is what we've looked at in the offering. But 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verse 10, he says, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you've asked for, you, you have not asked for wealth, possessions of honor, nor for the death of your enemies. And since you've not asked for long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor such as no king who has ever been before you has ever and none after you will have. I mentioned a while ago that when knowledge is added, grace is multiplied. In every person that we read today, you're going to see that as they grew in the knowledge of God, there was a multiplication that came into their life that other people saw. And you know people like this. You've been around people that you've seen them just grow in the knowledge of God and there's other facets of their life that just begin to blossom. Maybe you've experienced that. That You say, man, I've been, I've been digging in to God for the past year, for the past two years. And man, I've run into some adversity, but I have noticed that as I grew in my understanding of God and I added knowledge to my faith, it affects... I mean, I know God, God doesn't just affect one area of your life. He wants to affect all the areas of your life. But you have to humble yourself. You have to say, God, I need help. A man like Solomon, pretty smart, man. He's king, got a whole bunch of money, had a whole bunch of ladies. He had a lot of stuff going for him. And yet he didn't rely on that. He says, God, I'm going to need your help to do this. I'm going to need your help. James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally and without reproach. It will be given to him. First thing, you just got to humble yourself. Say, God, I need, I need the knowledge of you. I need your help. The second thing is you got to pursue knowledge. Or you got to go where knowledge is flowing. Probably not at the club. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Probably not at Sharky's. Sharky's is a little dive bar that I drive by whenever I bring Noble to golf practice. I think that's what it's called. Sharky's. But how many of y'all know knowledge, the knowledge of the Lord is probably not flowing from the karaoke bar. Just throwing that out there. It's probably not flowing out there. Not trying to step on anybody's toes. But I, I gave you a quote. I thought it was good. It says, you're the average of the five people you associate with the most. You just find the five people that you associate the most with and you're the average of those five people. So you need to hang out with people that are at where you want to be. Come on, sometimes whenever we're divorced, all we want to do is hang out with divorced people. I wouldn't suggest that. I'd hang out with some people that have good marriages. And you find out what a good marriage is like. That's really who you need to be hanging out with, right? So you need to surround yourself or go where the knowledge of God's flowing. You need to be at church. And when he ascended upon high, he gave gifts unto men. Some apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, evangelists. That's Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. He gave those for the equipping of the church. For the maturing of the saints. God gave you gifts. He left gifts for you. They're within the church to bring you to maturity. That's where that God's given you places where the grace, where the, the knowledge of God is flowing. How I many of you know you've got to get under the spout? 
where the grace is coming out. Come on, that's a good old, good old tune right there. Got to get under the spout where the Holy Ghost is being poured out. We have church right now, now. Oh! Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You need to go somewhere where you can hear the Word of God. Because the Word of God has all the promises. It has everything that pertains to life and godliness. It has grace and peace. It has longevity. All of these things come from you hearing the Word of God. Just by you being here for an hour this morning, you hear the Word of God and faith gets added to your engine for things you didn't even know were available. But once you know that they're available, then you can, by faith, you can tap into them. Say, God, I'm believing you for this. But it needs, it comes by you hearing. I want to, uh, how many of you heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Daniel in the lion's den. Come on, if you grew up in church, you know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel. And those boys, as they were boys, they were put into a position where they knew the word of God. The word of God was put into them and then they were put in a really bad situation. They were taken prisoner and they were taken out of their comfort zone and they were put in a very immoral situation. It would be like moving from here to Amsterdam or San Francisco. I mean, I know it's just a little different culture out there than it is here. And so they took those boys out of the Bible Belt. And put them in an immoral environment. And yet they did really well. They actually thrived. And the king, he said, he said, hey helper, I want you to go find me all of the good looking, handsome, smart guys. And I want you to bring them here. They're going to work for me personally. And it says here, that it says in verse number 17 of chapter 1. It says, as for these four men. Daniel chapter 1, verse 17 through 21. In Jesus' name, there it is. As for these four men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And David had understanding in visions and dreams. And at the end of days when the king said that they should be brought in and the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, the king interviewed them. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now that's different names up there, but that's the same boys. He gave them new names. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them to be ten times better than what the world had to offer. Or ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. I believe that we as Christians should be ten times better than what the world has to offer. Come on, why, why, would, why would we not be? If we have all the answers and everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness and the grace of God and the peace of God and all these things that we looked at, why, and this is Old Testament and they were 10 times, they carried something that the world didn't carry. They had an understanding that the world didn't have. And whenever they were marched in front of the king, the, the, the king said, these boys here are 10 times better than everybody else I've found. Where'd they get that? Well, somewhere they learned it. But also the grace of God was upon them. And I believe it was their association with each other. Come on, I believe you need to find you three or four people that you can hang out with. And they'll help you together, collectively, you can be ten times smarter than everybody else. 
You can. You find you a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You partner. I love all the, the teenagers and the youth and these people that band together. I encourage you to join a small group that will be coming up soon. We're going to do a men's small group, ladies' small group. There's college small groups. There's things. What is that? That's just a bunch of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's getting together so that we can collectively, we can be ten times smarter than all the other magicians and the astrologers and all the other people that say, we got the answer, we got this. No, I believe that time will tell that they don't. Come on, say amen. Amen. There you go. Hosea chapter 6 verse 3, it says, let us now, let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come like the rain. Watch this and I'll close with this. He, He will come like the rain, like the latter and the former to the earth. What are they always talking about? The Bible's always talking about the latter rain and the former rain. What does all that mean? Well, you understand if you're a farmer, you put a seed in the ground, you need that first rain. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You need that former rain because that first rain is going to come. It's going to hit that seed and boom, that thing's going to open up. And isn't that amazing that God's created a, a dry seed that can be in a feed store for five years And you hit that thing with water. You put it in the right conditions. And life comes out of what seems to be dead. Isn't that amazing? It's fascinating that God created us to be like this. But you you want that former rain. But how many of y'all know you need another rain? And even if you go eight weeks without rain. And we've had some summers like that. That will go weeks. Be a really dry summer. But that farmer, he needs that latter rain. Come July... The beginning of August, he has to have that latter rain. Because that latter rain is what's going to make him have a harvest. The former rain just gets him going. Just gets that dead thing alive. But for that thing to produce, you have to have that other rain. And lots of times as Christians, we come in to God and we get that former rain. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I believe that I'm going to go to heaven. Yes. And that's real good. What, what was dead, the Bible says that you've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom you have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You've been translated. Amen. That's right. Amen. It's like, yes. But how many of y'all know if you ever want to produce anything, what does he say you get it? Through the knowledge. It says you need to pursue knowledge. Because if you just get the first rain says you're never going to have knowledge in that engine that's really going to get you from. How many of y'all know people like this? How many of y'all, I've, I've, I, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Not no more, Keith. Not no more, baby. That's why you're here. Why you're here, right? God, I need both rains. Every day, God, I wake up and say, God, rain on me your knowledge. There's one prayer I've prayed probably a thousand times at least. That's probably... Uh, I've probably prayed, I don't know how many thousands of times, Ephesians chapter 1, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of my understanding may be flooded with light, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the exceeding greatness of the riches of his power to usward who believe. I could go on and on. But the first thing the Apostle Paul said, I'm praying for you, is he says, I'm praying for you to have a spirit of wisdom And revelation in the knowledge of him. Because the apostle Paul knew. 
And that's why Paul wrote Colossians, Ephesians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians. He wrote all of those books. Why? For knowledge. Jesus preached for 33 years. He could have just showed up and said, hey, everybody, I'm here. I'm 33. I'm dead. Okay, rise from the dead. Y'all are good. He didn't do that. He came and he taught. What? Because he said, this is the way the kingdom works. And you need to understand the way the kingdom works because that's where you're going to get the latter rain. And when the latter rain comes, you'll have fruit that remains. The last point is you've got to live it out. The just shall live by what? By faith. In other words, the Bible says, and I didn't give you this verse, but the Bible says if you, if you hear, if you, if you get the understanding, but you don't do it, it says if you're a hearer of the word, but you're not a doer, you deceive yourself. There's another verse that says that if you get the knowledge of God, but you don't obey the knowledge of God, it would be better that you never got it. That's a scary thought. God says it would be better that you never got the knowledge than for you to get the knowledge and not act on it. So all of us need to be pursuing. And how I many of know this is a work in progress? So whenever Jesus says you got to forgive others the way I forgive you, that can be difficult, right? Because you want to shoot people, right? <laughs> you want to hurt people. It's like I, wanna, I, wanna, I want a big truck to run you over because you're a slow driver, right? It's difficult, but we should all be making advancements towards... I'll be moving towards living out our faith. So we have to humble ourselves, right? We have to put ourselves in positions where knowledge is flowing. And then once we get it, we have to live it out. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says, This book of the law shalt thou meditate in day and night and observe to do all that's written in it. Last passage of scripture I'm going to give you. And I love this. This is Philippians chapter 3. And then I'm going to ask you to pray. We'll pray together. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 7. This is Paul writing to the Philippian church. And what I want you to understand, that Paul has been serving Jesus for 40 years, and he's about to die. Excuse me. They're about to cut his head off. In Rome, they're going to kill him. But he's writing to the people at Philippi. He's writing to the Philippians church. And this is some of his last words that he wrote. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of what? Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Y'all got it? You got to put it up there. Put all of it up there. We're bringing it home. We're landing the plane. There you go. It says, I want, I'm starting over because I want you to get this. It's the last thing I'm going to end with this. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness though obeying the law. Rather I become righteousness through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power 
that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. What I want you to see is at the end of this man's life, after 40 years, and if you know the life of Paul, he had the road to Damascus experience, and he was out killing Christians, and Jesus visited him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he was blind for three days, and then his sight came back to him, and he spent the next 40 years getting beat up for Jesus. I mean, they tried to kill him. They tried to stone him. They whipped him with cat of nine tails. He was shipwrecked, stone, uh, stoned. He was bitten. All this stuff happened to him. And he's just writing and he's writing. And after 40 years, he says, everything is garbage. I just want to know Jesus. And I want to know him more. I want to know Jesus. And I love that. And that's the desire of our heart. That's the desire of my heart as a pastor. It's for you to be apprehended by him who apprehended me. For you to come into the knowledge of everything. And in that knowledge is everything that pertains to life. 